0: This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Jesus, we love you. Yes, You're beautiful. And we're hungry. And so, Lord, just open our hearts right now as we posture ourselves to receive from heaven. We are open to whatever you want to give us and however you want to bring it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give him praise. Come on. Okay. So you can be seated. What a dream. Um, Reinhardt was supposed to be on the panel, as you know. And uh, we're all praying and believing Dan and the rest of us for his complete complete breakthrough and miracle amen amen that he'll just be strong and preach the gospel there in Lagos for that crusade next year right it'll be a wonderful time but I'm sure uh, Reinhardt's praying for us and and uh believing God for something great here but it's an honor to have my father-in-law with us here can we let him know we love him And uh, he's probably inside. I can read his thoughts. He's like Yoda, and I'm like a young Skywalker. I can hear his thoughts saying, I, you called me a father-in-law. I hate the term. Did I read you correctly? <laughs> so uh, to have him here with Bill and Lou, my God, are we in for a treat. I love you both. I love all of you. Thank you so much. So this was my heart. This is a Jesus conference, and our desire has always been to make Jesus central. I, I figured if if Jesus became first, foremost, the rock and the water that flows from the rock, the cloud in the middle of the camp, that maybe we could all work together to win the whole world to Jesus. I mean, look at this. We've got the Sisters of Mary. <laughs> We've got a Catholic priest over there. John michel where are you, buddy? Stand up, would you? Stand up, Jean-Michel. Show my father-in-law your shoes. Father Gucci, look at these shoes. He has healing services. Uh, That's the monastery I stayed in when the old priest tried to get in my room. Remember? And I called you? Yeah. But look, I mean, thank you, Jean-Michel. When you make Jesus central, this can all happen. And that's so beautiful to me. So I've been waiting on this moment to have these three really fathers in the faith together who all represent something specific, but who all carry the same internal fabric, which is Jesus, I want your presence every single day. Amen. So my desire was is to, 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 in honor, uh, take questions from those that the Lord is raising up in this next generation, people I love so dearly, all of you. This is so special to me. I'm like a kid in the candy store right now. We were in the back, and Nathan grabbed me. Isn't it good to have Nathan Morris stop by? Welcome, Nathan. Nathan's joining our conference next year in Ohio. In Ohio and hope Yeah, it's going to be awesome. But uh, my heart was, I think we've all been impacted by all three of these great men of God, huh? And so I, in honor, I wanted to field questions from this next generation. So Dan, why don't we start with, uh, you? You've, you determine who you want to start with and we'll work the opposite way. Sounds good. Well, I I think the first question would be for Pastor Bill. And uh, the question would be, uh, where do you get all your great jokes? No, just joking. (laughs) Um,
1: I think when when people think of you, they think of Bethel. I think those two things go together and can't be separated. And Bethel has touched the world. I'm sure you are aware of that. Everywhere that I go, I hear uh, of different movements
2: that are springing up and and um, the Holy Spirit is touching many people because of what he did through your uh, church and your ministry. I think that that's something every leader and every pastor
1: wants to see emulated in their own ministries. And that's a good thing. What would you say to leaders and to pastors? How can they cultivate a culture of revival in their, in their lives and also in their ministries?
3: Well, it's nice to start with an easy, short question. <laughs> 30 seconds should be enough time, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, the prayer is on earth as it is in heaven. That means we have to discover what that world's like. And that world has its primary focus on the presence of God. There's no shadows there because He is everywhere shining at once. Because that's the reality there, when we pray for this world to be transformed we have to learn how to adopt a present centered culture it's a value system by doing that we create atmosphere in which all the things we want to grow grow correctly it's like a greenhouse you have things that can't grow outside of the greenhouse that are healthy in a greenhouse when we adopt kingdom culture in the church instead of church culture the lord protects the world from church culture but he lifts the veil when we discover kingdom culture And then that culture actually permeates and affects the value system of the world around us. And so what happens is when you have a presence-based culture, you have people that want to be with you because they call it a good vibe. They feel good when they're with you. What they don't know is that they're being mentored into a discipleship program of valuing the presence of God. They don't have language for it yet. But because we carry the presence into these marketplaces, these places of the world, we are actually training people to value something that heaven values. When we live like that, we create atmosphere. In atmosphere, what I focus on in our in our gathering, I hope this answers your question. It's what's in my heart. What, what I focus on in our our gathering is, is not our ministries. It's not uh, you know. It's not all the 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 things that might seem to be important to everybody. It's atmosphere and principle. If I can, if I can make sure the atmosphere is clean, that it's healthy, that we that we have joy, that we have life, that we live with peace, we understand what it is to be victorious, to have hope in any given situation, atmosphere. Whenever you have atmosphere, you've created the 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 realm for the right things to grow and to thrive. And there's many things we want to see happen in our cities that we try to grow, but we're trying to grow tulips in. December freezing weather, and uh, and by changing the atmosphere of church that infects a city, then we begin to actually create an atmosphere that affects an entire region. And what that means is the healthy families we long for. It starts happening naturally because we value something that heaven values, and um, learning the principles of the kingdom and learning the presence of the king. Those two things enable us to be true architects of culture. And the Lord's assigned us the privilege, given us the privilege to become architects of culture. And that's how things change. It's not because we've targeted this area or that area. It's because we actually value him. We celebrate, honor, and value him above everything else. And by giving that him that place, suddenly we get glimpses of what it looks like to have that world affect this one. And as we do that, something the Lord lifts the veil and what we carry is actually what the world hungers for. It's what they cry for. It's what they ache for. It's what the single mom cries herself to sleep at night for. It's for that that we carry. And when we learn what His world is like and we live it and model it, the Lord lifts the veil so that the world finally has an opportunity to taste what it looks like when heaven comes to earth.
0: Wow.
1: Friend Johnny Arnott and I used to sit in Catherine's meetings always in the choir, even though we could not sing. <laughs> and we sat in the choir just to watch her. And uh, that woman understood what she just said. And very few people really understand the power of what Bill just talked about. Prepare me an habitation wherein I may dwell, says the Lord. God cannot operate outside the atmosphere dear Bill was talking about. I was in a church. And let me just say something about, and I'm so glad you asked me that question and you were so (laughs) obedient. No, because I think, you know, by the way, this is the first time we meet. And uh, it's like we've known each other a long, long time. Lou... Lou and I have been friends a long time. And Bill and I are going to be friends a long time too. But when Miss Koeman would be ministering, guys, she would be waiting for that moment when she could surrender. It's impossible to surrender outside that atmosphere. You can't. So... And, and here is what I learned over the years. Dan Schaefer was a powerful man of God out of Oklahoma City. I preached for him many, many times. One time, first time, he had a big church, 6,000 seats. And I'm sitting in the back behind this massive curtain that separated us from the crowds. So here behind us was this massive choir, massive orchestra on both sides. Beautiful, velvety curtain that came down. And suddenly, I thought Jesus was coming. Because the trumpets behind us blew real hot. And I almost came out of my seat. I thought, I thought it was it, right? oh yeah, I thought this is it. We're raptured. <laughs> so, so it was a moment I'll never forget. So I said to Pastor Dan after service, I said, Help me understand why did you do that. And here's what what he said. He said, always start high. Because if you start high, you can go anywhere you want to go in the service. If you start low, you're stuck the whole time in that low place in the service. He said, always begin high because then you can go anywhere you want to go. And so when I began... In our church in Orlando, I always began big because I learned that lesson. Crusade, same thing. Miss Kuhlman <clears throat> understood this, and it's in the Bible. The greatest miracles in Scripture took place where atmosphere was a reality. That's why the greatest miracles took place around the seizure of Galilee or the temple or places where the Lord could, could have that atmosphere. And there's three things miracles need. Atmosphere, number one. Number two, be careful who sits on the front row. Because they can challenge the anointing. You cannot operate if somebody starts to challenge you. You got to get them out of the way. No, that's a fact. Because they can fight you. And that's why, guys, Ms. Kuhlman, and that's where I learned all this. You, don't, you can't learn this in school, huh? The last row that she filled was the front row. Because whoever sat on the front row could kill the service. Never allow someone to stand doing this. If they don't worship, get them out of there. It's a fact. These preachers will tell you because they can oppose the anointing. They can challenge the anointing. The the anointing must have atmosphere and you you can't be challenged. Look, look. The Lord is in a synagogue. He just healed the man with a withered arm. Now they all want to kill for it. What? He walked out of the synagogue because he was challenged inside the synagogue. They all... Followed him out of the synagogue. And he healed them all outside. <laughs> he could have. You said, well, wait. Why didn't he heal them inside? Because there was challenge inside. So they all walked outside. And he healed them all outside. Why did the Lord have to take everybody out at the house of Jairus? Challenge. Because they mocked him. Oh, because he said, she's asleep. They all mocked him. What did he do? He said, get them all out. <laughs> they, did. they all had to leave before the miracles happened. And we see that in, this, in the scriptures. And the third thing, and this is, I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> Give me a five. brother.
0: Eight, five.
1: Yeah. Eight, five. No, because, see, so many people don't understand what, what really Bill was talking about. His whole ministry is built with that presence. You have to create an atmosphere for the presence of the Lord. Is what he was talking about. It's not, it's, it's not about church. It's about the kingdom principle. The presence of God is what we need. You can't have the presence of the Lord without the atmosphere prepared for it. Simple. And be careful. All of your kids, they are young people. Say, I'm older than you. I'm 65 now. Almost. Yeah. I don't know how old you are, but I won't ask you. You're you're 65? Wow. Yeah.
0: Another five. Another five? Another five. I didn't know.
1: I'm not going to ask Lou how old he is. 64.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But the, the third. You see anybody suspect on the front row here? Like Kevin? Yeah, yeah, yeah Kevin. He's Kevin. He's, does he, does he, Kevin belong he, he, next to the nuns? Though? No, no, no. 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 no.
1: That's, that's the spirit and that's the flesh. <laughs> we love you, Kevin. You know I'm happy with you. Yeah.
0: Uh, this question is for the young man in the panel, the 64 year old. The 64. <laughs> awesome. Obviously, when we. Think of Lou Engel, we think of prayer and fasting. When did that hit your heart? Do you remember a moment in your life where. Tongues
2: a lot, you know. And I remember deciding I'm going to fast. And uh, so for three days, I mowed lawns and fasted. And I remember mowing lawns. It was almost as if a veil was taken away from me, and I felt like angels were all around me. And I realized that fasting was a gift to me that would open up the presence of the Lord personally. Uh, I've I've seen the power of fasting in in spheres. Uh, uh, But it all began with me personally that in fasting I get bread from heaven because man shall not live by bread alone. he says this in the context of a fast, Jesus does. That's when it began with me. I began to explore this, and my, I think my second moment was I read that this kind cometh not out by prayer and fasting, to step into a realm of faith. So my friend and I, we always fasted together over the last 32 years, and we were praying and fasting that we would see demons cast out because this kind cometh not by prayer and fasting. We fasted for 10 days, and on the 10th day, my pastor, Cheon, called me and said, Luke, come over here. I, need you to, I want you to pray with me. And uh, I won't go into this, into the, what happened, but it was an explosion power encounter with a demonic. And that person was immediately delivered, and for weeks people would just get delivered. And we knew that fasting was a key that God had given to us, Jesus had given to us. So I, I, those were the initial openers to personal encounter, power encounter through the grace of fasting and prayer.
0: Wow. Nathan, Bill. I was going to ask Pastor Benny, but I'll... Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah? Yeah, we'll move back to Bill with Dave. I think out of the whole panel, um, you're so uh, gifted in many different ways. I want to ask Pastor Benny, whenever I've seen you, your whole meeting seems totally based around the flow of the presence of God and the glory of God. Everything that you do is about the Spirit of God, you know, flowing in that service. Tell me uh, three things that uh, you found that hinder that. <laughs> Everything three okay? That
1: would hinder God's presence. Yes. Well, I mean, I talked about the importance of atmosphere. Uh, if there is no atmosphere, it would hinder it. And, and there's a few things that can kill atmosphere, by the way. One, and this could shock some people, is empty seats. I'm serious. Because it kills faith. Many churches, listen, listen. Great ministries have been killed by small crowds. Because you have to have the excitement of a crowd. See, Catherine, Catherine always would go to small buildings. Because she'd, she, she'd, she'd fill them. Because all she wanted is a full house. She she didn't care about how many were there. She just wanted to make sure it was full. So the meetings we would go to in Pittsburgh all the services, the building, sat 700 people. That's all. We all thought, of course, thousands. Because the only thing you needed is, I could not get in. Excitement. The other thing that can really affect the presence of the Lord, and this, I'm so glad you brought that up. No, really, because I, I, I think the Lord is really in charge of this to, uh, here today uh what i have experienced when it comes to the presence of god the presence of the lord if you have individuals around you that are living in sin it could affect what's happening to you the flow you're unable to connect with the lord that is vital that you be very careful that the, the individuals around you are living the life they have to. And you know, you asked for three things, but there's many more things I can tell you. But one of the, of, the, of the things I also experienced is distraction, that's deadly, it can literally take your attention away. You know, the Lord said. On the way, salute no man. He releases the, the anointing. And then he says, don't even say hello to nobody on the way. And Elisha, same thing with his servant. Because the presence can lift. That's what most of us don't understand. Is we can lose that blessed presence. We cannot lose the gift And people don't really realize there's a big difference between the presence of the Lord and the anointing of the Lord. They are not the same. God's presence is within our hearts and spirit. While God's anointing affects our body and our soul. Big difference. The presence of the Lord is in my spirit man. The anointing of God only affects my soul and my body. It doesn't affect my spirit. And most people have no clue what I just said. (laughs) Because you have to live it. Very big difference between the presence of God and the anointing of God. And let me just say this. I didn't plan on saying all this. but uh, If you took two bottles... And you put half of the water from one bottle in a glass. Then you took another bottle and filled the glass. Now the water cannot be separated. Think that your body is like, the, is like that glass. All it is is a shell, container. One bottle would be your spirit, man. The other bottle, the Holy Spirit. At salvation, we become one in spirit. That's 1 Corinthians six seventeen. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. At that moment, you and the Lord cannot be separated. I in them, they in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Right? Now, out of that union flow two rivers. One river, I call it the anointing within and the, the, uh, the anointing without. The anointing that's in you, is one river. The anointing on you is another river. And there's a big difference between 1 John 2.27's anointing and Acts eight anointing. Very big difference. And you don't learn that for many years it took me before I even got it. Because 1 John 2.27, the anointing that abideth in you. Well, that's spiritual. Acts 1.8, the anointing upon you. Big difference. The one in you came at salvation. That is what we need to walk in. That is the presence of the Lord we walk in. Not with, in. You know, I, you know, I, I, I would like you all to do something, will you? Would, would, would you all point at yourself right, right now? Say, this body... Is the, this is the temple of one spirit, of one spirit. Not, two not two spirits. This is the temple, is the temple. Of, the of the Holy Spirit. Now, wait, 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 wait. What happened then to your spirit? There are no two spirits in here. There's one. That's what the Bible says. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It didn't say this is the temple of the Holy Spirit and my spirit together. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. There's one spirit in you, not two. So what happened to our spirit? He's lost in him. That's awesome. Absolutely. He took over. I in them, they in me, right? We walk in the presence of the Lord, Nathan. That is our life. That is our home. That's the place God wants us in. And out of that oneness... Flow two rivers. The power of God that affects my spirit and only my spirit, that's first John two twenty seven, because it says that anointing teacheth you, which means that anointing is for revelation truth. That anointing is for manifestation. That anointing is for revelation. And that anointing is for transformation. While the anointing that comes on you guys, you dear Danny, when you go to Africa, you feel something come on your body, right? That's the one for demonstration. One manifests Jesus in you. One comes upon you, demonstrating his power to the people. And the anointing in you, in your spirit, depends on your hunger for God. While the, the anointing on you depends on the people's hunger for God's power. That's the anointing that is constrained. Like sometimes when, when you young people preach, young, you're wonderful servants of God, all of you, but you're young and I love it. When you minister, sometimes you minister with power when people pull it out of you. Right? They place a demand on that anointing. Because that's the only anointing that is constrained. Nobody can take the anointing out of you that's in your spirit. Nor can you impart it. Nobody ever lays hands and says, be saved. (laughs) Because that's the anointing within. Belongs to you and only you. But you can lay hands and say, be healed. Because that's the anointing that's imparted. So back to the presence of God, and then I'm done. Walk in it. And you walk in it three ways. Fellowship. When you fellowship, He manifests. Two, worship. When you worship, He manifests. Three, the, the Scriptures get deep in the Word. And when I say deep, and I don't want to mess these people up. Will I? they. they. Michael said they already are. (laughs) No, because, and and dear Bill and dear Lou will also tell you, there's levels in the scriptures. There's deep levels. And people don't realize that the Lord does not manifest. Again, I hope I'm not going to mess anyone up. But the Lord doesn't manifest till we go to the third level. No, here's why. Because when you read this Bible, first time, all you read is what? The historical part. Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, all that. Noah, the ark, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the prophets. Well, that, yeah, you get knowledge, of course. The second level is God's plan for Israel. Third level, you discover Jesus in the Bible. They'll change your life. That's it. That's when he manifests himself. When suddenly you're not reading about, give you an, an example. Joseph, that's the life of Christ. Okay? Loved by his father, that's Jesus. Hated by his brothers, that's Jesus. Placed in a pit, that's the death of the Lord placed in a prison, that's when the Lord went into the underworld. Came out of prison, that's the resurrection. Sat at Pharaoh's right hand, that's the ascension. Given a Gentile wife, that's the church. <laughs> when you read that, what happens? The Lord manifests, that's what happens. You start walking in the presence when the word comes alive. There's so much in the Bible Catherine Goodman said this one thing. She said her life was transformed when she discovered that the Bible is a, is a revelation of one person Jesus.
0: That's my answer. Wow. Welcome to Bible school. Wow, it's beautiful. Dave, for, for Pastor Bill. Pastor Bill, uh, I know one of the things that, that you, you share often is culture and establishing culture. Uh, What are some of the things that you did at the very beginning when this revelation first started to become real to you to really see it break into the church to where now it's just somebody can step into it and it becomes second nature to them?
3: Well, heaven's culture has to be real in my home before it can be real in the local church. It has to to be the way I do uh, my marriage. It has to be the way I celebrate my children. I honor who they are recognize grace on them. I call them into their destinies. Uh, a culture of honor is where you celebrate who a person is without stumbling over who they're not. Say that again, a culture of honor is where you celebrate who a person is without stumbling over who they're not. Wow. Wow. And so in a family context, that's, that's where you learn. I learned it at, at home in my house uh, with my parents. And, uh, and so we, we did that with our children. We Love. We had looked to see the grace that was on them and call them, you know, we'd speak to them as a rock when they were, when they weren't as stable. They were like Peter, you know, the, the broken reed. They became, we'd speak to them in that way all the time they were growing up. So when it happens at home and it becomes the way you do life, it becomes the way you do life in church without effort. It's not a program. It's not a strategy. It's, it's life as you know it in the kingdom. And when you have those kinds of values in your relationships, your friendships, your leadership, uh, all that stuff, it's not so much a program to train people to change the world. It's let's taste of heaven and see what could happen. Let's see if it can affect how we do life. Let's see if it can do relationships around that value system. Let's see if we can love our city the same way that we love one another. Let's see if we can become servants and stop trying to become masters. And when, when you when you take that approach in your house, where I become the servant of my wife and my children, I become the servant of our eldership team and our church family, then suddenly you have something that, that, that becomes a model for people to follow. They instinctively think in terms of how can I be a benefit to my employees? How can I be a benefit to the city I love and serve? And uh, it's not so much a strategy, a plan, as much as, is just learn it learn it in your close friendships test it well and when you when you know that you've you've set you've sunk your teeth into something that is otherworldly something that is truly kingdom then it will permeate everything you do and everything you are and it's not because of a strategy or great intelligence or programs put in place it's simply because There's no end to the increase of his government. There's no end. Amen. No end.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with
3: Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information,
1: please visit us online at jesusimage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box nine five zero six four zero Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every
2: life, everywhere.